You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Voluntary Vixens, where Jesse and Maddie give a female voice to news and pop culture with a libertarian twist. Join us to stay informed and challenged while keeping it sane, peaceful, and most importantly, voluntary. This is Jesse with the Voluntary Vixens, and today I have a little bit of a treat. I have Kim with Lesbertarian here with me, and she's taking Maddie's place because Maddie had to leave out of town to go work, apparently. Can you believe that? Yeah, how dare she, well, you know. know, have to go and make a living. And I'm going to go ahead and say there is no replacement for, for Maddie, but but I'm going to try. I'm going to try hard. <laughs> Well, I thought you would be a good replacement because we have we had a big weekend this past weekend and I know that by the time that this comes out it'll be a week from from now but um I just thought it would be really important it'd be there's too many things that happened for us to not talk about it on the show. Um there apparently was a women's march <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> I don't know if anybody even covered it in the news. <laughs> <laughs> well they but they they yeah. didn't so much and not they had a smaller turnout than they did back in like seven, 2017 it's just getting i mean all the drama that's happening happening within where they had some people on the board that were accused of anti-semitism there was all sorts of crazy stuff going on within the ranks in the first place that is starting to kind of deteriorate this whole thing yeah wasn't there like one who basically she like raped a guy with like some projectile, it was pretty bad. So bad. <laughs> Women's March. This is a, this is empowerment, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. Um, I can't remember her name, but she was. She's got like a felony charge because she sodomized some guy with something, and it was a it was a it was a homosexual guy, too. On top of it, so it was like a hate crime, and it was like rape or something. It was terrible. So yeah, the women's march is doomed from the beginning. Yeah, that that is for sure. And why isn't that everywhere? The Me Too needs to include gay men too. Goodness, oh, women apparently can be dangerous. Yes, I mean that that was just such a crazy story. But yeah, um, yeah, this past weekend that happened, and nobody really talked about it. At least not in any of the circles that I've been in. And then um, Monday was Martin Luther King Day. So um, my kids were out of school and we stayed home because we all have the flu. So we didn't really do anything Ooh. fun. Um, but um, what else? Oh, yeah. The protest in Virginia happened. That was actually a humongous thing that happened. And um, how Wait, many people before you continue I that, remember. I, I need to know since it was a protest that involved guns. Did guns start shooting themselves yeah. without any control, and then it was just a mass chaos? I know it, right? <sighs> no. Yeah, well. I was thinking, you know, that whole day, since I really couldn't go anywhere, and we were all just not feeling well, I mean, I was on Twitter pretty much the whole day just, just following David Hogg's idiotic tweets and just torturing him as much as I could. But yeah, apparently it was um, a white supremacist march and it was very intimidating. And um, what what was one of the tweets? One of the tweets was, um, I bet you, you won't see any minorities at this protest. And then like, there's tons of pictures of all kinds of people, like not just black and Mexican and, mm-hmm. you know, and I saw Asians Native Americans, all of these people with guns protesting alongside everyone else that they called the white supremacists. I'm putting up quotation marks when I say that. But <laughs> they also had gay pride people there, too. I thought that was pretty awesome. It, it pretty much represented everybody. Yeah, because, I mean, everybody can be upset about red flag laws. They can be upset about bills about gun grabs or the process of gun grabbing because every one of these bills and as 
far as I can tell, are always the start at taking away your guns. So, I mean, when it comes to self-defense, self-defense does not have a color, clearly. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me, and I, I hope more coverage is about the amount of the types of people that showed up to this whole protest that everybody, men, women, every race needs to be able to protect themselves. It's not just for hunting or just, even though that's a very huge valid concern is against an, a, a corrupt government. At the same time, it is mm -hmm. self-defense of all these Me Too movements, all this stuff that could mm -hmm. be prevented with a gun. I mean, the, the worry is, I think, from the left side is that some crazy person who's mentally ill, who is also a white supremacist, is going to get a hold of a gun and just go into a building and just try to shoot everyone. What we saw, like, just about how, how many weeks ago that a, a guy in a church, a, a good guy with a gun, was able to stop a mass shooting from, like, killing God knows how many people. Yeah, and it doesn't seem to be how... No matter how many times that happens, it just seems to never overshadow the fear that everybody has when a mass shooting happens. But it just, how many times do we have to keep bringing up these examples of a good guy with a gun stopping a lot of people from being murdered? It's just never a big enough headline. I don't even know if that's, you think that's even a good tactic to try to get these people on our side. It doesn't seem to be working. Yeah, I, well, I think it's starting, I think the... I, in my opinion, I just think that I've met more and more people, more and more minorities, and even like you know, people like you who are on who are LGBTQ, IA, whatever. <laughs> that alphabet soup. You realize the importance of being able to protect yourself. A gun isn't as scary as you think it is if you know how to use it. You know how to protect yourself with it. You know, there's. I understand that. Um, I know that one of my really good friends, she's all about gun control, but she always makes a comment that, you know, she doesn't want to take your guns. She just wants all these background checks to keep, you know, the bad guys from getting the guns. The only thing about that is, and I was thinking, you know, if you've ever, I mean, I, I watch a lot of true crime. I know you do. How many times have you heard stories about women in domestic violence situations? They don't have a gun. They have an ex-husband or ex-boyfriend who they know wants to kill them. They try to get their concealed carry, but there's like a waiting period they have to go to go through. There's a lot of stories about women getting killed by their domestic abuser while they're waiting to get their gun because they they did the right thing. They went through the background checks and they did all the things they were supposed to do. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure the argument... Well, they probably would have brought that up before you brought up your point is that, um, well, we're just we're focusing on just finding the crazies. We're not trying to stop everybody. And sometimes a byproduct collateral damage is that, yeah, there will be some people that probably needed that weapon and it cost them their lives. But that and as crass as this sounds, because I'm pretty sure this is what a good portion are thinking, I'd rather have it that very few people are killed because they couldn't get a hold of a gun to protect themselves than a mass shooting breaks out and kills a bunch of people at once. Which sounds terrible, but, you know, that's a whole uh, utilitarian, you know, oh, yeah. there will be less people that yeah. are killed this way. Sacrifice the few to save the many kind of thought. But really, mass shootings are not that common. So you're trying to make a argument about something that's not very common, whereas domestic violence is a lot more common and probably goes all way underreported than we know. So I would much rather have easier access to guns than less access to guns. There's also the fact that even if we tried taking away all the guns, the way uh, that America is, you're really going to stop anybody who really wants to kill people with any other weapon or possibly even create a gun if they would like, because they're not going to fall in rules like, well, guess there are no guns in this country. I guess I can't do anything about that because we haven't learned how to build a gun. So I guess I'm not going to do that to commit my crime. I mean, there are def there are tons of ways, but it's just so much of the government just saying, hey, we need to make sure we can get we can put the kibosh on this, so that if the citizens do rise up, we can we can just do whatever we'd like. They can't stop us. That's really what it's, what it comes down to, and. Yeah, it sounds like we're being extremists, but look at other countries, man. Other places, they can have protests, and they're trying to have all these peaceful protests, and the government is just hosing them down with high-powered high hoses and crap. It's like, really? You can treat your citizens like that? That's a good point. 
that's an amazing point you just made because that's what's happening in Hong Kong right now. Like we've all forgotten about Hong Kong since the summer, but they're still protesting over there. And these people are being like shot in the face with like tear gas. Like they're shooting them in the face with the actual canisters, like exploding in their face. (laughs) And the tear gas is not the same that we have here. So it's just, you know, we just have no idea what we're, what we're, complaining about like you guys talk like i just heard so many lefties talking about how all these people in armor with their guns holstered and were open carrying and how that was so intimidating and i'm like shut up people in hong kong are just trying to have freedom and you're and they're getting like shot in the face and hit with bricks and arrested and going to a chinese prison and you have no idea what that's all about i mean these people are just you know, that would never happen in Hong Kong if they were allowed to open oh, carry. Yeah. I'm and telling you, you right now. People are thinking that's <laughs> never going to happen in America. I'm like, uh, we may be one of the top first world countries, but I tell you, as long as there are people, there are human beings and corruption and power. Yeah, that crap can happen to you. That's It's just because we're one of the younger countries where we haven't had our like billions of years of bloodshed. That's just going to entirely change how we are because, I mean... We haven't been in existence long enough for that to really destroy us, but it it could be coming. Yeah, and I think, too, it's, um, I honestly think that a large part of why we have such a peaceful country is because we do still allow our citizens to carry and have, have weapons. Um, Like, even in London, they're not allowed to carry a knife. So, and the crime in London is, is insane right now. Um I don't know if you got if you know who um, I was just I just saw on my phone. I got a notification from um, what's his name. He just went to London recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Dawson. And he, he has videos up of just like how dirty it is there and how rude people are there. And I went to London when I was 16. And that was <laughs> a long time ago. It was yesterday for me. And like that was. <laughs> yeah, you're probably not that much younger True. than me, but um, I think because I remember. Li- well, the only reason why I know is because you said that you, I don't know, you. I listened to your last podcast and you were talking about how like you didn't have cell phones to call yeah. people in high school, and I was like, yeah, that's yep. <laughs> so that's how I know. But um, I went to London back when I was 16, and I remember just thinking, like, this place is really safe, and everybody's really nice here, and I could just walk in the streets at night by myself, and uh, that's not going to, no, that would never happen. Get knifed up real easy. Knifed up hardcore. <laughs> but I, I, I love that. You don't, you don't even hear about the sources. So, like, <laughs> everybody's just getting knifed up everywhere. And, I mean, BBC and some other sites do report them, but... Nobody talks about that. It's just, oh, there's a shooting. We should talk about them. Like, there's just there's weapons everywhere. People are just dying every single day, and you're not even talking about all that. But there's just two people get shot, and suddenly that's the only murder that is happening somewhere. Yeah, like, London Bridge has had so many attacks on it recent in, like, the past few years. It's like, it's, I wouldn't even go on to London Bridge if I were, <laughs> if I lived there. Um, but, yeah, it's, like, Ugh. acid attacks, yeah. uh, bombings. Not just bombings at clubs or at concerts, but on trains. There was like one that just didn't go off, luckily. Um, But yeah, people being stabbed, people being run over by cars, um, just people getting beat up and raped. It's just, you know, I mean, I know that happens. Some of that stuff happens here in America, but that's just to to point out how if we don't have guns, people are still going to be violent. I mean, if they're mentally ill and they want to do harm, they're going to do harm. But then you just disarm yeah, and everybody. Yeah, cause a crap ton of harm. You're putting your populace at risk because you're thinking you're taking the main weapon out of their hands. But as we people who listen to true crime, it just happens anyway. People find they find ways that they really want to do it. And this country is really crap at doing anything about mental health in the first place. So. I love that we have a bunch of punishments in place for people with mental health, but we don't have a lot of solutions in place. Yeah, and honestly, if you're just because you're mentally ill doesn't mean you're incapable right. of making good decisions or or that you're incapable of, you know, having the responsibility of owning a, a gun, I don't think. You know, there's lots of people that are that have bipolar or even um depression and I'm just 
you know, thinking like, I know a lot of people that have been diagnosed with those things and they still have a functioning life and they own guns. They go, they go to the range and they shoot and they practice and I don't worry about them like losing their mind and just going crazy at church or something. I'm diagnosed bipolar. I clearly function like a normal human. I have my obvious troubles that I don't spread everywhere. And I certainly don't go to a shooting range and shoot up everything else but targets. That's what I do with a gun. And I just protect myself. You don't see me going, oh, I'm having an episode. I guess I'm going to pull out my gun and shoot somebody. And there's the fact of (laughs) who decides what being too mentally unstable for a gun is. It's not us. (laughs) So Yes, it should not be the government for sure. The government should not be in charge of that at all. The government is full of a bunch of psychopaths anyways. They're all a bunch of, they're ready to send your brothers and sons to war right now. They're just, they're more dangerous than a mentally unstable person with a gun because they are mentally unstable people with people that will go out with guns. So they're just sacrificing sacrificing lives everywhere. And I think that's a heck of a lot scarier than a citizen with possible mental instability with a gun at this point. Oh, I agree. Yeah. And I mean, just that's what I mean. It's like, that's why I don't like that. I I worry about the idea of like the mental health background checks, because I think of like, um, like I've been diagnosed with clinical depression. So, I mean, I know I worry about people like me or people like you who we basically function fine. I've never had a thought to shoot up anybody or I don't, you know, I've never I've definitely wanted to physically assault somebody because I've been mad, but I don't do it. Yeah. For the most part, people don't. I mean, we all have, we all have like those thoughts every once in a while on a bad day. For the most part, we don't act on that. So it's just, once again, if all the excuses used just so the government has control and the left is really good at just handing them that mechanism, but that's because they want a crap ton of state control. So I can see why they're like, okay, no guns, because we want a peaceful, peaceful government that is going to be our our, our dad, <laughs> is basically what they're thinking. And yeah. to make this point, there was another protest that I've just been reading on because I thought it was interesting because economic collapses are just as frightening as Beirut, where they're having protests because over there, they're having issues where the government is in extreme debt and they're about to tax the crap out of banks there tax the heck out of all their people so that they can pay off their debt and you have all these people that are protesting things are being closed down and once again we i'm just looking around at all these countries of economic collapse there's violence there's and it's all the government trying to control something and the government's collateral damage starting to affect all of the constituents. But of course, once again, protests we don't hear about. Instead, we hear about women marching in the U.S. about some rights that they already friggin' have. Right. Yeah, I definitely that I think that's the thing that drives me crazy about the women's march is just I I don't I, I don't understand what they're protesting. Exactly. We have a lot more things to worry have you about seen their right their website. They're just targeting the, the usual stuff where they're like, oh, women's rights are human rights and LGBTQ alphabet soup rights are human rights. I'm like, yes, we know that. That's why constitutionally we do have those rights because we are humans. God, why is this such a problem for people to understand? Another thing that I was thinking of, too, is, you know, to revisit like the Martin Luther King thing. A lot of people kind of forgot that Monday was Martin Luther King Day. A lot of people didn't. A lot of people kind of incorporated it into this whole protest, which I thought was great because that's, you know, I think that's where we need to focus our energy on. Uh, We need to be thinking about all the people that benefited from his peaceful protest with another peaceful protest. And it's, you know, people that would definitely be affected if we didn't have the Second Amendment rights. I find it kind of, I find it awesome that on a day for somebody who was all about peaceful protests that pulled off some of those very successfully, that we would have a protest that everybody who doesn't understand that guns don't just go off on their own, that at this protest was one of the most peaceful ones we've had in a long time, and there were guns around, a bunch of them, and nothing happened. I find that an interesting and fascinating thing. And something that I think is cool that happened on such a day as Martin Luther King Day. 
yeah, I actually think it was a pretty um, good timing for it. A lot of, you know, I saw, I saw a lot of uh, black people talking about how that's what they're fighting for is their right to protect themselves against the government. That's tyrannical because that was one of the problems um, where I think the first gun control started was back in the early days when they freed the slaves, they didn't want them to have access to guns because they probably rightly thought that maybe they might want to turn those guns back on them. But, you know, they still, once you free them and you make them citizens, you have to give them all Mm -hmm. the rights that you have. Um, So I think that uh, I wish more minorities were aware of that. And I think more waking up to that. Yeah. Unfortunately, I wish that more Republicans, there's, the thing I see is that the Republicans are getting in on the Second Amendment stuff, but they forget that Trump tried to, you know, he's he blocked um, bump stocks, and he's been he's been doing exactly what the Democrats want, and he's been advocating for gun control too. So, you know, Republicans need to hold fire to him a little bit, and you know, say no, we we won't bend anymore. And to make it. Of course, we're we're not into being fans of any kind of politician at all. But I'm just asking, at least if you're a huge Trump fan, at least, at least try to be account. I mean, maybe trying to hold him accountable as individuals is going to be a lot harder. It's going to have to go up the ladder to people in power to hold him accountable, obviously. But one of the things that's going to help people and open up dialogue is when Republicans go, you know what, I may be a Trump fan, or maybe they're not even a Trump fan, they're just, uh, I'm glad it's a Republican as president. But we still have to be honest that this wasn't a good idea, this is not in line with Republican principles, and I think that would actually open up some discussion, open up some minds and hearts going, okay, maybe we should actually pay more attention to what this person is saying, because they're saying, you know, yeah, there were mistakes made, we're not going to sit here and toe the party line. I think that the Republican Party is missing out on a lot of yeah. that by just being open with that and also even using the tactic you thought, well, it's a little harder to do with leftists because if you're not black and talking about black topics, then they have a fit. But I think Republicans would benefit from saying, look, um, this isn't just about the fact that we uphold the Constitution, which they really don't, but you know that's what they say. It's just the fact that uh, minorities, <laughs> yeah. you know, especially with what black people went through, they should be able to protect themselves. LGBTQ, they're missing opportunities here by saying it doesn't actually condone, you know, maybe they're not okay with LGBTQ community. That's fine. As long as they're saying, hey, but they should still be able to protect themselves because that's just what this country is supposed to be about. They're missing tons of opportunities there. And which once again tells me that they're not really once again for the people like either of the parties, not even the LP for the people. Yeah, that's the unfortunate side. Because that's something I've always, I get into arguments with my mom about all the time is, you know, my mom's a Republican. She watches mm-hmm. Fox News and, you know, she listens to oh. Rush Limbaugh still. Like, who, how does he even have a radio show? But, you know, one of the things I keep trying to tell her is that this is why the Republican Party is just going to die out because your generation is it. The younger people, they're more libertarian. Even the even the young, you know, conservatives, they are still a lot more libertarian than you guys. And Fox News and all these people are missing a market right there. If you guys really wanted to, I mean, they, but they don't really care about telling the truth, so they're not going to do it. But, you know, that's the thing. The Republican Party is just going to end up, it's either going to turn libertarian in a sense or it's just going to go away altogether because I just don't see young people uh, you know shunning out minorities and um, the LGBTQ anymore you know we're we're just too smart for that I think we realize how dumb that was I think that's why uh, (laughs) and as much as I don't think it's successful either is that a lot of libertarians started to try to infiltrate the right in the first place and try to steer them in that direction I see the dangers in that one because for the most part, even when I was doing party politics, even talking to people who used to be Republicans, they're going to try to drag you to that party line. You need every one of those hardline old school Republicans to die off first before you can even try that one. And people would always ask, why did libertarians try to go to the the right and not the left? I'm like, 
Well, strangely, it's because Republicans probably try to say they're for limited government, and we can at least sell them on that by saying it because they pretend they're into it, even though they're not, but that's what they say, so you're not going to get as in as much trouble for saying it as if you go over to left, who's going to be like, well, you know, we need to protect people. There are protected groups and all of that. So that's probably why libertarians go to the Republican side, because at least the Republicans pretend to say some similar things and, and say they don't want government and everything. Yeah. I mean, I will admit, like, when it comes to if I were to get into a political debate with a, a Republican or a Democrat, I'm going to get a lot further talking to a Republican about my ideas. I have tried with Democrats before, and they literally just cannot listen to you. They won't let they won't let you finish a sentence. They won't listen any longer. They just are they just get mad and walk away. So it's um, I can see why libertarians are a lot more. They try to, I guess, win over the Republican side, but then you just get to the point where you're talking about like war. Yeah. And, um, and then (sighs) war is always a big one, but it's just like, and then, then they, they worship Trump so much. They just can't even criticize him. It's always like, but Obama was worse, but, Clinton was worse, and it's like, yeah, but still, yeah, it's, but it's, it's all bad, bad. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's still bad though. So yeah, you're right. I mean, it might be like one like centimeter better than what Obama did, but still, we probably don't need to go yeah. to war, and we probably don't need to put any for- forth any more laws against gun rights. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe we should quit passing all these omnibus. Oh. Uh, legislations like stop with all this. Oh, that's one of the things I really, really want to stop this omnibus stuff because I've had to go through some bills to just for articles and podcast episodes, and you're just having to. I think, wow, what I'm looking for is about 500 or more pages in, and nobody told us this yeah. was in this. <laughs> some scary, like the uh, and they never read all of it. Yeah, there's like the CISA or CISPA or whatever that like that they slipped into a budget bill. I was like, you guys, they're, we're voting on a budget and uh, they actually just want us to vote on if the government can surveil us or in everything or not and have the phone companies give all the information to them. I'm like, this is some scary stuff. Yeah, I think, was it um, Rand Paul tried to pass like a bill that basically said that if you're going to vote, like if you're going to pass a bill, the bills can only be like a page long or something like that. He Like he really was trying to... Ki- stop all that but no nobody voted of for course it. they wouldn't <laughs> i wanted to do something like that if i would have won and i'm pretty sure it, they'd be like nope nope everything that libertarian over there says nope 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 just don't even let her write anything or suggest anything just no <laughs> i know it's like i can't even imagine what it must be like to be rand and um thomas massey because <sighs> everybody must hate them so much because <laughs> they're always like they are always against the yeah they're always against like either side i don't know yeah it's definitely um crazy but back to like the martin luther king thing i was thinking too um somebody had posted on instagram like the um there was like a a message from the fbi on twitter saying like <gasps> Happy Martin, Luther, yeah, <laughs> Happy Martin Luther King Day, and then somebody said, "Yeah, you assassinated him." <laughs> I saw that. I was like, Ugh. I mean, how ridiculous is that? And then I also saw too where, and I didn't know this, but I, but apparently Martin Luther King's family had sued the government um, because of his assassination, and they they want they won the suit, so it was pretty much like admission that they were involved in his assassination and um and then if anything that's uh, that should just tell you right there all the more reason why we shouldn't trust our government and we definitely shouldn't trust them with limiting our rights to bear arms or do anything for that matter and that culminates to the message once again we talk about how it was fitting that this protest happened on that day was the fact of of course, if you take all the guns from the citizens, who has the guns? It is the government. And the government couldn't even treat one of the most iconic black leaders correctly. They killed him. Mm-hmm. And 
you can try to say all you would like. And this is even more funny when they're talking about how we have the most racist administration that we've had in a long time since, you know, there isn't any slavery. But at the same time, continuing to push through bills that will take the guns away. And I'm like, you guys need to decide whether you think the government is trustworthy or not. It's not just they can't do the oh, they're trustworthy on this topic, but not this one. I'm like, guys, you, I mean, how, how more obvious can we make this yeah. at this point? Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, but gun control, gun confiscation in general, I just, I think it is a racist thing. I, I think it hurts, I think it hurts minorities more than anyone and, um, and women as well. Um, any minority in any sense, I think it, it hurts them more. You're not helping them. You're trying to fix a problem that is rare. Like, yeah, of course, there's going to be some crazy person whose mental illness makes them violent towards others, whereas most people who are mentally ill are more likely to be violent towards themselves. Um, that So we already know that's a small number, but we have all these people who are in these situations all every day, like domestic violence situations. I live in uh, neighborhoods that are violent with gangs, and you're taking away their right to freely protect themselves. And one of the topics that... You just kind of brought up that I wanted to comment on because, I mean, and this is hard for anybody who's not a minority to comment on, is the actual violence that happens in a lot of these neighborhoods, the low-income neighborhoods, are done by minorities. And I know I have heard people try to bring up that, well, maybe confiscating guns will help that. I'm just thinking that is only trying to attack the causation of why they're basically stuck <laughs> In, um, in this loop where the government is who they have to depend on. They have to depend on the government mm. for their food. They have to depend on government for all sorts of things because they're stuck in a little plantation area, is what I usually call those ghettos that we end up stuck in, that put them in a situation where really there's not much they can do economically. They're kind of put in this little box and they can't go anywhere. And so what they do is they end up selling drugs because that's a good way and a fast way to get money. And of course, that yep. involves gangs because people get upset about you all up on their territory because they want to make money too. And so there's just all of these underlying problems that get to that. And, and the fact that, yeah, in those neighborhoods, I would like to have a gun to be able to defend myself if I have any of those factions coming anywhere near me. But, I mean, there's just a, a mm -hmm. lot to these topics that, people don't really discuss. They just have all of these excuses, but they don't go into all of the underlying problems. They just focus on the, the causes and they just see guns and they just want to take them away from people. Yeah, and I, and I think that the people I hear that are the most vocal about uh, gun control are, I mean, are privileged white people like David Hogg. I mean, he's a privileged white boy. He's going, where is he going to Harvard now? Um his dad's FBI agent, I guess. And he went to, I mean, yeah, he was in a school shooting. I don't know. We don't know for sure what, how he was really there. If he was really there when it happened, cause there's all kinds of different re records of that. But that's the only thing he can really say is like, I was a, in a school shooting and that's, that's, that's all that he can add to the conversation. But yet he really on a daily basis has no idea what it's like to live in fear. Um, I, I mean, I just, you know, I've heard stories of like when I was a therapist of young girls talking about how like they would just have to turn the lights out in their apartment after a certain time, because that just made them their house a target mm -hmm. to get shot up at. So, you know, I can only imagine, I can't even imagine that. So I, it just makes me more infuriated when I hear these gun control advocates and I see them and they're just like young college students who've lived a privileged life. They've never had, they don't know what it's like to be, you know, and I mean, sure, some of them might, but for the vast majority of them, they don't know what it's like to have to worry about walking down the street at night or, you know, if the, if they can even, if they're going to get killed in their bed at night while they're sleeping or their ex-husband or ex-boyfriend is going to come crashing into their house in the middle of the night and shoot them all up. So, like, they just don't have an, any reference to 
understand that fear. And I just feel like if you don't, you know, I mean, we, you just really don't know what you're talking about. And I wish you would shut up. Yeah. But you have the right to talk, I guess, because it's like first amendment. Yeah. You have your right to your uninformed opinion, but when you start getting belligerent (laughs) about your uninformed opinion, we're going to have a problem. Yeah. I guess that's the thing. It's just, you know, I don't think that they have enough, um, what's the word? Like humility to understand that they have a very limited frame of reference on that issue. And they really shouldn't be the spokesperson for an entire like generation of people. Yeah, because I mean, that's one of the things that David Hogg does. He's always like, everybody's so afraid of all the young people because they're making a difference out here. And it's like, no, nobody's scared of you, David. (laughs) No one. (laughs) And for the most part, I've been noticing a lot of the more extreme people are the ones that we find online. A good portion of the the leftists that I know, except there's there's a few, there are a few exceptions. There's some crazy extremists that I've run into, but for the most part, are kind of moderate and go, you know what, you know, I don't enjoy guns and I probably would like gun control, but you know what, I'm not going to sit there and I'm not going to try to fight for a long time and fight yeah. for a bill for it. You know, they're like, I don't like guns, and you can say I don't like guns and I'm scared of guns, and that's fine because I can see how you'd be scared of something that you know can kill, but at the same time. They're, most of the moderate Democrats I know are not going to be in the streets or on social media just trying to ram that down people's throats. It's usually these young, annoying people with yeah. social media accounts that make it look like the entire left is exactly the same, and they're not. It's just the minority is very loud, and a lot of the people that are at the top know those minorities or the next generation, so they're starting to go in that extreme direction, and that's what's freaking people out. Yeah, that is true. And I was just thinking, like, uh, a lot of the, a lot of young people in prison right now are in prison for, you know, drug and gun possession. Usually those things go hand in hand sometimes. But I was just thinking, like, well, if these people were allowed, I know a lot of them are not allowed to own guns because they were previously charged with drug possession. And that's a felony. Mm-hmm. So that automatically keeps them from being able to own a gun. So they have to procure them illegally in order to, you know, either to do their business or, you know, just make it on the streets. And I'm thinking it's like, it's just a double whammy. It's like these people, that's another thing. It's like our prison industrial complex is just filled with all these people who, if maybe they were just allowed, if maybe we just legalized drugs and we just let them have their guns, we wouldn't have all these prisons filled with people. Yeah. And I know what the argument is. I was like, oh no, drugs, drugs and guns. I can't go together. I'm just thinking, uh, I can probably, I'm not going to point them all out, but I can probably point out several people that everybody see on a daily basis who do some sort of drug, sometimes even the harder kinds and still mm-hmm. have not shot up anything. Yes. I can understand how being in a drug state as you kill somebody that can alter you, but that's one of those, um, how many people, are just going to do drugs and just go out shooting people. It still is not as high of a number as we're thinking. They're acting like, you know, we need to make sure we separate these two things because these are the causes. These seem to be the main causes of violence. I'm like, no, not so much. I mean, I mean, I guess a gun is a convenient way to kill somebody. Yeah, that's the quick and easy way. But, I mean. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was just thinking when you said that too is, um, you know, there's probably, I'm not sure about, you know, obviously I haven't, opened up a statistics book on any of this but i'm going to venture to guess that more people probably have died in drunk driving accidents than drunk shooting accidents yeah (laughs) you know what i mean so i don't think that that's i mean and yet we're not taking away people's cars do you and we're not getting, we're not having like car control. Do you just love that? How people alcohol control. When you've tried using the, the car argument, how people either try to ignore it, walk around it, or try to say it's not the same thing. I'm like, if it's killing more people, it's probably more dangerous. Just saying. Yeah. And we're. And really, alcohol is pretty damn dangerous, but we did try to prohibit alcohol, and that ended up just creating a lot more crime. And maybe, I don't know, could. We probably might need to learn a lesson from that. Well, yeah, it's a prohibition. I mean, you would think citizens would eventually learn that after prohibition. The government, I know, is never going to learn from that because they benefit from that sort of thing. 
But you would think all the people who are voting for these morons will figure it out. And I'm just like, prohibition, everybody talks about it. You talk to somebody about prohibition, even some of the Gen Zers I've talked about prohibition with know what I'm talking about, but still are in favor of prohibition of certain things. And it's just thinking, what more of an example do you need? Yeah. I mean, was it like the the 20s were probably one of the more, was like when we just had a blow up of just violence in this, in the country. Um, And I mean, I think that we can say that just by looking at the prisons, we've had a crime really just kind of has stayed pretty steady since we've made drugs illegal, especially marijuana. It's been pretty much staying steady. I don't know if it's really the more more laws we keep making around drugs and guns is going to really lower crime. Yeah. And it, it, it's funny, it, it seems like they're making up all of their stories to try to, they're going, oh man, we've, well, we've legalized weed and not enough is happening. Now we've got to make up stuff. Let's just blame uh, black market uh, cartridges for um, any kind of vaping, you know, whether it's THC yes. or not. We'll just say that is why it's dangerous. And then I'm like, okay, a bunch of people are figuring out that these are black market cartridges that are the problem. And not actually the THC or the whatever nicotine you're, that you're vaping. So people have wise that they're wised up to that, but they're not wise to everything else. But it's just really funny that they were making all of this mass hysteria. They legalized marijuana, and people were at home eating Cheetos and don't care. Yeah, uh, yeah, marijuana is like the least of our concerns. Yeah, and I was just thinking, like with vaping, you know, when I was in, uh, when I was a baby nurse working in the hospital, um. People were still allowed to leave the floor and go to the designated smoking areas and smoke. But then all of a sudden, I don't know which, I can't remember which year it was, they they got rid of all the smoking. So there were no designated smoking areas and they had a strict no smoking policy. I'm talking like nurses and LPNs that smoked for years. They would have to sneak off of campus to go smoke on their breaks because they weren't going to quit. So then the next best thing was vaping. That was like the savior. People could at least vape. And our patients that they still needed their nicotine, they didn't have to leave their hospital room. They could just open up their window and vape, you know? Well, now they're demonizing that. And I'm just like, I don't know if you guys realize this, but people are going to do something. Yes. (laughs) And vaping wasn't, I mean, I will say as a nurse, whenever you inhale anything into your lungs, it's not a good idea. I mean, it's just not, but I'd much rather, I I think vaping is a little bit safer than smoking. Um, yeah, there have been like pneumonitis and some other diseases that have been associated with it, but I think like we've pretty much ruled out that that was caused by just illegal cartridges, not using the right, um, type of, um, what is it called? Like, that fluid that you put in there, like not using the right type yeah, of fluid. Yeah, the e-juice that you put in there or e-liquid or whatever that they call that. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I'm just not a vapor, but um, and what's funny about that too is my kid is six years old. She goes to elementary school. She's in kindergarten and they put out this flyer with her school stuff last, last week that was like, okay, here's a warning about vaping. And I'm like, are you serious? You're really worried about elementary kids <laughs> vaping right now? <laughs> yeah. I just think that's crazy. And it's the, the kind of topics, I mean, I hit on it on my episode the other day. It's just the, the kind of things that they're discussing in like middle school and, and elementary school. I'm just thinking, guys, calm down. Number one, I don't think they're concerned about that. It's not like, what is somebody at their elementary schools or whatever in the junior highs at the sandbox for the, hey kid, you want to buy a cartridge or something? What is it? What is going on? <laughs> I I feel like high school is probably the, the point where you ha- might have some of these kind of issues and be, be a little more concerned about uh, your kids and sex and all that sort of thing by high school age. But they're starting to do some crazy stuff at lo- younger ages when I was too busy playing with Ninja Turtles and crap. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's what makes me sad, I think, is I actually think there probably is an issue with some of these, like, older elementary school kids that probably are getting into stuff like that. But, I mean, I just feel like some of it, too, is, like, maybe you guys don't need to, like, 
give kids ideas either. Oh, yeah. Because we're gonna... <laughs> just talking about it might be giving other kids ideas. Yeah. Literally is going to make them do the opposite because they're still at that age where it's like, okay, you tell me something, I'm going to do the opposite. So they're going to go. That's why all of them thought you, when you were younger, they see somebody smoking that's older and they think that person's super cool just standing there with their... I don't know, jean jacket or whatever. They thought that was super cool. So now they're going to hear about the vapes and they're going to be like, I clearly need to get myself a jean jacket and start vaping because that's going to make me a badass. <laughs> Actually, my daughter probably would be like that. She's anything I tell her not to do. is like, that's what she wants to do. Yep. So yeah. I'll be like, you become a prodigy and learn the violin. She's like, no. All right. All right. Just fail at life yeah i wish and that then, would actually work she's like you're you're gonna become a world-winning violinist and she goes no no i would never do that actually yes just to piss off my mom totally gonna do it I'm like thank god i was like can you whatever you do don't become an engineer or a medical doctor or anything that's worth anything in this yeah, world i don't want you to I do just want you to live in a gutter and just be worthless <laughs> and then she'll just like, all right i'll i'll be an engineer okay mom <laughs> That's it, just to piss you off. You just wait and see. You've been doing parenting all wrong. <laughs> all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's how my, I swear, me and my daughter are they are so similar. We just have that streak of like, we just, I, know, I remember it. I was like, whatever you tell me you're, you want me to do, I don't want to do it. I already know it. I don't care what it is. I just don't want to do it. Saying no, she hasn't even finished the and sentence. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like she's a future libertarian i could tell it right now yeah. i was more but yeah so I was like, so do you have the case of what my mom has is i'm just a mini version of her therefore i drive her nuts <laughs> yeah she's gonna drive me crazy with it and then like i'm hoping that it'll it'll actually work out in the end somehow good where she's not she doesn't give in to peer pressure because of it yeah. and i don't know I have no idea. Invents like the cure for cancer. I don't know. I don't know. Although I think we already have a cure for cancer, but that's another episode. Oh, well then. That'd be an interesting <laughs> episode. <laughs> I'll be curious about that. I think that, um, I think that we need to do, like we need to get back together at some point though and do an episode on true crime because you and I both really like true crimes. Yes. I would love that. Yeah. Because I was thinking, like, um, I was listening to you and David talk about um, the shows that you like. And there was one about small town murders or uh, hometown murders, I think it was. And I was like, I have a really good hometown murder that I'd like to talk about. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, we do an episode like that. That'd be, that'd be, I'm down with that. So whenever you would like to do that, that'd be great. But yeah, it's yeah. small town murder. It's great. I love small town murder. Yeah. Just to give you an idea, I used to work at a psychiatric hospital, okay, and there's been a couple, actually, there's more than one, maybe, there's been a couple people that I used to work with at this hospital that have ended up in bad situations, and I just think that's pretty interesting, and it does, it, it just happened in Knoxville, so, I mean, it's not like people hear about what happens in a small town, Tennessee, even though it's medium town i guess yeah medium town yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was like, most of my stories are not all that entertaining even though i've been near somebody that actually got shot that was interesting but thankfully have not had to endure any murders that were super close to me that well other than being not that far from the las vegas shooting but yeah well that's definitely and there's that's a whole like that would be like a whole series of episodes really about all the craziness about that because we still don't know we still know nothing about that yeah and i don't think i mean that's probably another podcast idea for all those podcasts out podcasters out there that like to do the <laughs> series versions of them they investigate figure out what happened on the october 1st shooting people would very much enjoy that and i actually know people that were there that was quite frightening they survived thankfully that's but, good yeah. i mean it's bad that they were there and had to witness that but it's good that they survived that's yeah. just i can't even imagine all right so anything else you that um i guess any other closing thoughts about gun control women's march mlk 
Um, I would just have to go with the fact that I like that um, you kept drawing out the MLK aspect because I think that is something that is missed and I think is very symbolic and significant for the protest that happened that day. I feel like it was a culmination of we're still fighting certain for certain civil rights and that right. civil right seems to always be against the government who keeps trying to take those freedoms yes. away. Yeah, and I think that what you just that's a really good point you're making. We should quit fighting each other and really join together in trying to keep our our government in check. That's a more that's the more important thing we need to do. I really think that I mean, when I go to the grocery store, I live in a kind of diverse area in my town. And I just see mixed couples. I see people of all races and all religions coming together and we all don't just attack each other. I think in reality, we all get along in real life. And so I think that um, people, we have more in common than we have differences with each other. And I think that the media tries to portray. Which is interesting because you would think they would, uh, you know, wise up to that at some point, but no. They're just continually playing, playing everybody off of each other so that nobody's looking at what the government's doing. All right, so we're ending it here. So I'm just going to let you plug your show and tell us, tell our audience where they can reach you. Well, the good thing is it's going to be easy. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all Lesbertarian. That's all I have to put in. And if you want to reach me by email, just lesbertarian at gmail.com. All right. And then uh, for us, the Voluntary Vixens, you can always, our our most, our biggest audience really is at um, Instagram at Voluntary Vixens Podcast. And then um, second is Twitter at Vixens Voluntary. And then um, we're also on Facebook as the Voluntary Vixens. And then we have a Patreon, which is um, Voluntary underscore vixen no it's vixens voluntary vixens underscore voluntary i always get that one mixed up but if you just go to apple <laughs> podcast you see our links there you can just click on everything all right well and i guess that's where we'll end it um i'm just going to say whatever what maddie says at the end which is just keep it sane keep it peaceful and keep it voluntary and